Welcome to Connect Canyons, a podcast about learning and teaching in Canyon School District. The COVID-19 health crisis has tested us all, and as the school year approaches, many of us are feeling uneasy about what the future holds. But over the past five months, scientists and medical professionals have learned a great deal about this disease and how to combat it. Professionals like Dr. Brandon Webb. A Canyons District parent who works with the Division of Infectious Disease and Clinical Epidemiology at Intermountain Healthcare, Dr. Webb works with people who are sick with COVID-19 every day. When case counts started to rise in Utah, he says the medical community was feeling the same sense of unease that educational professionals are feeling today. Fear comes in facing the unknown, and in life there will always be circumstances we can't control. The trick, according to Dr. Webb, is focusing on what we can control and being personally responsible for doing what we know works to stop the spread of COVID-19 while being prudent or taking care to anticipate and plan for all possible contingencies. Medicine, as you know, is a hands-on profession where physical distancing is not always possible, but by taking precautions and being cautious, keeping a distance when possible, wearing face coverings, and practicing good hand hygiene and disinfection techniques, Dr. Webb's team safely treated the patients who came to them in their moment of need. They accomplished this in the highest risk environment possible and while achieving an astonishingly low transmission rate among caregivers. Canyon's district's new superintendent, Dr. Rick L. Robbins, recently had an opportunity to meet with Dr. Webb and talk about reopening schools. Hi everybody, this is uh, Rick Robbins, uh, superintendent of Canyon School District, and I am thrilled to be here with you today to talk about uh, the return to school and uh, the, the coming uh, few weeks. And I'm really excited to have our special guest here with us today. This is Dr. Brandon Webb. Uh, he's from the Division of Infectious Disease and Clinical Epidemiology uh, with uh, Intermountain Healthcare. And he also serves as the chair of the COVID-19 Therapeutics uh, Committee as well, and is a clinical assistant uh, professor um, affiliated with Stanford Medicine. So um, Dr. Webb is also a father in Canyon School District and has children that attend our schools. And so um, I am just over uh, grateful and, and happy to visit with Dr. Webb today and just talk to him a little bit about um, COVID-19 and reopening schools and, and uh, getting this going in a couple of weeks. So, Dr. Webb, I want to welcome you and, and thank you for being here with us and just uh, tell you first off as a frontline uh, worker in, in defense uh, against this horrible virus, just want to tell you and your staff and, and everybody that, that's on the front lines for all you do uh, to keep us safe and to help people uh, recover and get over this horrible thing. So, well, welcome. Dr. Robbins, thank you. and. Uh... I like that you led with that because now uh, you and your staff are becoming frontline. So thank you. All right. Okay. So um, we're going to just ask Dr. Webb a few questions about um, reopening school. And I just want to start off, Dr. Webb, just with your thoughts uh, on the overarching importance of opening school. Yeah. Um, I'll put my father and parent hat on for just a minute. Um, <clears throat> Education is a, a big part of our family, and it matters a lot in the community. And um, while there's a lot that we don't know about the pandemic, one thing that we do know is that it's affected all facets of life, including our ability to um, 
to ensure that the next generation is learning what they need to. And that matters a lot to me, and so that's one of the reasons why I'm delighted to be here. Awesome, yeah, we, we know and understand the abrupt uh, nature that, that was in March when we stopped school and the impact of, of students, you know, one, uh, really losing academically, but as you mentioned, just that, that overall loss to wellness when it comes to social, emotional, and even physical um, attributes that the kids uh, really need. So, uh, great point. Um, so, one of the things that we're all concerned about, um, as mentioned, uh, I think, um, you know, we, we're all heading into this scared. Uh, there's a lot of fear, including myself. I'm a father as well, and, and I have a third grader that's going back to school. I have a spouse that's that's high risk and immunocompromised and also works in the schools. And so um, the fear amongst our staff and amongst our parents and our teachers and, and everybody that works in schools is, is very palpable and it, it's very real. Um, and, and then on the other side of that, we're, we're in this terrible situation where uh, I also have just as much fear and I'm frightened by the, the loss already to our students and potentially uh, more um, if we don't uh, return to school. So I just want to get your thoughts and your mindset and approach to opening schools safely. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I, <clears throat> I like that um, we are recognizing that there's fear involved with the uncertainty. And then when I look back at my experience with the healthcare um, industry, facing the same question of uncertainty, but several months ago. Uh, only the uncertainty was, we now have COVID on our doorstep. How are, we gonna, how are we gonna protect our nurses and pharmacists and physicians and, and staff? It was, there was a lot of fear because we didn't know what we didn't know. And here we are three or four months later, we have learned a tremendous amount about this virus. And while there's still a lot that we don't know, there are some very, very important principles that we do understand. And if we put those principles into practice, we can successfully decrease the risk of transmission dramatically. Um, so I would suggest that the antidote to fear in a time of uncertainty is identifying what we do know, putting those principles into practice, and then taking responsibility each one of us for applying correct principles and decreasing the risk in our own environment. And that's worked tremendously well in the healthcare industry. Um, we've, we've watched the frontline caregivers take responsibility for their own environment, for their own protection. And we've got very, very low rates of transmission using protective equipment that's not that different than what you and I are wearing right now. Well, that's awesome. I, I think, you know, a lot of the time you kind of get overwhelmed with the totality of all the guidelines and, and everything that, you know, we're, we're really looking at. And that can be overwhelming. And, and it also, you know, creates that unknown because we're just overwhelmed with so much uh, information. Um, along those lines, there's a lot of discussion about, you know, what, what works exactly when it comes to mitigation strategies and how they work hand in hand or, or how, you know, some are, some mitigation strategies seem to, to be, have more of a focus or, or people want to anchor to those. I, I just want to get your thoughts on, on, on 
what what works with mitigation strategies and what, what are things that we can do to return to school safely using those, those strategies? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the things that we do know about the virus is generally um, those core principles of how it's transmitted. And we know that it's, uh, it's tricky, it's um, clever, and it's able to be transmitted via multiple mechanisms. And so in terms of strategy for reducing risk, I really look at it as a package. There's no single behavior change or uh, preventive measure that by itself is um, going to be successful. But taken cumulatively, taken as a whole, our, our package of um, protective strategy works really well. We know that it does because even in the highest risk settings, like where I work, um, we've seen it successfully implemented with very low rates of transmission. So let me give a couple of examples. Cleaning and taking care of the environment by itself doesn't um, eliminate risk because transmission is important between people. And so if there's no people in an environment, you can clean it to death, but you won't reduce risk. But it's terribly important. And hand hygiene has been again and again demonstrated as effective. Physical distancing, clearly scientifically based to diminish the, the risk of transmission. Not entirely, but it goes a long way. And when you couple that with masking, with face masks or face coverings, that package of four or five things um, tremendously reduces the risk of transmission. And, and that's not an experiment. We know that from applying it in a lot of different settings. So along those lines, you know, one of the things that I think uh, is really uh, top of mind for educators is in schools, um, the inability to physically distance six feet. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I have my own feelings about, you know, in schools, regardless of what the schedule is, it's very difficult to keep kids apart uh, six feet all the time. And, and I, I think, uh, as we've talked before, you know, just the, the concept of trying to vigorously enforce that, uh, you know, even for parents, that, that's very difficult to do. Do you, do you feel, you know, in, in a complementary role with mitigation strategies that the physical distancing can be overcome with the combination of those things? Yeah, so I'm a big believer in physical distancing because uh, we know that the virus is, I give the sort of the Charlie Brown example a lot. There's the character in Charlie Brown, I think his name's Pigpen. Yeah. But he's got that cloud of dirt around him all the time. That's, that's um, a good graphic representation of COVID and how it's transmitted. Um, people who have the virus and maybe shedding it without knowing are sort of surrounded by a little cloud, if you will. Further away from the cloud you are, the less likely it is that you'll be exposed to the virus. And that, uh, whether it's three feet or six feet or 13 feet, the risk just gets further and further um, diminished the further you are. If you have to be near someone who may have the virus, the, the benefits of masking both the person who may have it and those who may be exposed um, is undervalued uh, because it supplements physical distancing in a way that nothing else can. 
And that's why those two mitigation uh, strategies go hand in hand. Physical distancing is great when it can be applied, but we recognize that there's a lot of situations where it can't, and the, the masking of both parties dramatically reduces transmission risk. Okay, well, that's excellent. Um, and, you know, as a district in Canyons, we're working to, to implement as many PPE, uh, as much assistance as we can, as well as airflow in our buildings and air filtration and, um, you know, looking at our buildings in a different way with classrooms and, and size and trying to create create that space. So I, I think your point's well taken. Um, my final question, um, uh, there's a lot of discussion around the country right now about uh, community spread and transmission. And um, there's mixed messages coming, you know, from the federal government, even from the state government to schools, which has really made it difficult for us to determine you know, which information to utilize and when in making these decisions and moving uh, back to school and reopening uh, a school. And for Canyon School District, the communities in our zip codes have all um, declined in positivity rates, uh, especially since the 1st of July, right? And overall, our positivity rate in Canyon sits within our communities at about 6.8. Um, and I know there's different discussions around what that actually means. What are your thoughts on how a school district should look at uh, community uh, spread and transmission? Yeah, well, first of all, kudos for looking. I'm a big believer of using data to help make wise decisions. Um, and very supportive of the school district using all of the data available. Epi epidemiologic data helps us. Um, and one of the ways it helps us is the reality is right now in Utah, we do still have sustained community transmission. And while European countries have gone back to school, many of them were in a position where they didn't have sustained community transmission. We do, but we're watching the data, we're watching the trends. And you're absolutely right, since, um, especially since Salt Lake County implemented more robust masking, yes. our rates have trended in a, a a favorable direction and boy would we love to see them half what they are now uh, we still need to pull together as a community to do that but the the data does suggest that we're moving slowly in the right direction headed into start of school which is reassuring yeah i i just think that's a real compliment to salt lake county and, and everyone involved but like you said we, we have a lot of hard work ahead but um it's a real tribute to our, our community, our parents, our kids, our teachers, uh, everyone uh, in the community that's made an effort to mask up. And, and really, uh, as you mentioned, I, it really hit home with me this, the principle of self-responsibility, you know, it's more than about me, it's about protecting you. And, and if I make decisions through the lens of prudence, then I really have an opportunity to keep myself safe as well as my neighbors and those that I interact with. So. Dr. Webb, before we conclude, I, I just want to give you the floor and, and uh, the opportunity to finish with any uh, last uh, statement you'd like to make. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm here um, wearing more than one hat. I'm here because I feel a sense of responsibility. I've spent my whole life training for this, but I'm also a parent of four children who attend across the spectrum of, of um, middle school and elementary school and high school in Canyon School District. And so this is important to me personally. 
and um, COVID has unfortunately been a, a big divisor in the community. And um, in order for us to be successful as we go back to school, we, we really do need the community to pull together. That's the reality. We, we know a lot about this virus. We know what works. In large part, we know what doesn't work. We know that what works isn't easy to implement, but we know that when the community pulls together and takes responsibility for their, themselves and also has an outward facing view, that, that we can decrease the rates. We've done it successfully. And while we don't know everything that um, will transpire as we go back to school, I love that the district is committed to adaptive learning and recognizing that there are gaps that we're going to learn as we go. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm impressed with that and anxious to help out in any way because I think that as we go back to school, there are going to be things that will be successful and things that won't be. And as we learn what works and what doesn't, we'll then be able to quickly adapt and flex and tailor to the, the benefit of the students. Yeah, I, I really believe in those principles as well. I, I think you know one thing that this has taught me is is really you know the desire to continue to be flexible and responsive um, to an ever changing landscape and environment, right? And um, the, I think that's a real tribute to everyone in Canyon School District. I, I think um, our staff, our teachers, our administrators, our board, um, you know, they they really are committed to to the kids. And, their success and so um, those words of wisdom are well taken and much appreciated um, with that dr. Webb I just on behalf of Canyon School District and and all of our students our teachers and staff and our parents uh, I want to thank you for your great work and just tell you how much we appreciate you taking time to come and visit with us and share your thoughts and insight I want to wish everybody uh, watching uh, as well best of luck and continue to to do the hard work so that we can reopen school and, and get our kids back to learning and enjoying all the great experiences that we know that they love and we know that they need. So thank, thank you. you. All right, thank you. Join us for the next episode of Connect Canyons, a podcast sponsored by Utah's Canyon School District. If you have any comments for us, questions, or ideas for topics you'd like to explore, email us at communications at canyonsdistrict.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at Canyons District. Today's show was edited by Carson Fairborn with assistance from Stephanie Christensen. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend. I'm Kirsten Stewart, and this is Canyon School District.